Come on. Strong, the powerful Benita Condi has returned to Lifeblood. Welcome back, Benita. Thanks, George. It's great to be here. <laughs> Benita is the founder of Create Radical Love, life coaching and consulting approach for people who want to radically love their life experience, their whole life experience. Again, excited to have yeah. you back on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, great to be here. Um, yeah, quickly, briefly, I worked in the advertising industry for uh, 17 years in agencies and in a recruiting firm and uh, through that in New York City predominantly and through that process really saw that like love was missing from business love like at its core at its root um, that word not the like schmarmy marketing <laughs> um, soft version of that word, um, but like radical love, unconditional love, how we engage with one another. Um, and so I, four years ago now, um, resigned from my last full-time role, went on a bit of a journey to explore ways in which that could be expressed. And my coaching and consulting firm came out of a time of a lot of meditation and self-reflection and time with my family. So Create Radical Love came uh, from that period. And it's I can't believe it's in October. It'll be four years nice. since I launched the business. Yeah, really amazing to be in this period now. And I work with clients globally, creative businesses, um, and support people in designing and creating a radically loved like system and structure and flow for their lives while looking at all of the other systems and structures in the world that can be quite limiting, that have a lot of conditioning attached to them, um, and then one can design one's own life as a conscious creator within that rather than feeling sort of a victim to all of the existing systems and structures in the world. Easy to do that right now. There's so much uh, <laughs> contrast and information and uh, more clarity coming for a lot of people in this time. So yeah, it's a really powerful time to do this and I'm so grateful to be of service. And I'm uh, married and live in Richmond, Virginia and my husband has his own business. And then we also school our son from home. We've been doing virtual school. Actually, this is our fourth year. So we were doing that prior to this time as well. So we are constantly playing with what education looks like and what our like flow of our home life looks like as well yeah talk about different systems and fitting them together right yep that's it <laughs> <laughs> so so much top of mind but what is what is sort of bubbling up all the way to the top yes so i was thinking about this after um we were together the last time um, and had such a wonderful conversation about sort of the illusory nature and the conceptual nature of money was like, at the core and the root for me in, I would say, I'd like to use the word play, right? Like to play and experiment and explore with like financial circulation. The next word that comes to mind for me is abundance. Hmm. And I did not have a concept of a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset, I would say until like four years ago when I really started to look at all these systems and structures in my life and became excited about designing my own life and engaged with like sort of more of the consciousness community and understanding like my part in this and that I can, like it's like tuning the dial. You can either tune the dial through things like meditation and talking to people about this and exploring your life differently um, 
through the simple act of, let's say, writing a gratitude list, which we can get into that as well, but through doing certain things that shift your attention and focus to the abundance in your life mm-hmm. and not just financial abundance. Those two can kind of get you know linked. When we think of abundance, we think of like financial abundance and that flow. But if we focus on a total spectrum of abundance in our lives, well, then all of a sudden, your whole perspective, right, like sort of glass half full versus glass half empty shifts and you're operating from a much more open and flowing place energetically. So that could even then shift into things like talking about law of attraction, et cetera. If we're in a like possibility mindset, a growth mindset, whatever you want to call that open space for yourself, I find focusing on abundance does that way more than what don't I have, what can't I have, what isn't happening, right? So really focusing on what do I have, what's what's moving forward in my life beautifully, where are my the abundance potentially of relationships, of support, of opportunity. And opportunity might be a particular like quote unquote challenge, <laughs> but there might be opportunity in that and seeing oh, wow, something feels a little contracted right now or slow or this certain thing isn't happening for me. But what's the opportunity in that? Am I being led to maybe let that thing fall away and try something new? And again, if we're in scarcity mindset, all of that can feel really scary. Like I don't have this thing and it's not happening and I'm just going to keep pushing for it even though it doesn't seem like it is happening. If we shift to abundance mindset, huh, well, I feel some contraction there. That doesn't seem to be happening or flowing, but where do I have abundance and flow? Where can I point my energy? And in doing so, I find usually on the other side of that, and this isn't to like do this and then this will happen because the mind likes to hold on to that kind of stuff. But generally I find just from energetic flow where we're pointing our time, attention and energy, financial flow, usually comes behind that more positively when we shift this focus nice well, I, I appreciate i appreciate everything you just said um i i had and have been working through more of a scarcity mindset than an abundance mindset i think that when people are listening to that they think well maybe maybe i do have a scarcity mindset just mm-hmm. in certain areas but for me, once I sort of recognized, oh my gosh, I, I, I absolutely do have more of a scarcity mindset, then I went back and thought about just different parts of my life and experiences. And, and I could point to when, when I was a little kid, um, different things where I'd be like, oh my gosh, look, 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 look at how I was behaving. Um, so how, how, how do people figure out, okay, maybe I do have more of a scarcity than an abundance mindset? Yeah, and I would say most of us do just based on conditioning and sort of the way in which systems and structures are um, created and operate in our world today. And it, I think it doesn't, it's not lost on me that I spent many years in the marketing, communications, and advertising world, which tends to use fear based messaging and tactics sometimes to sell certain products, right? Where we believe we need more things to be okay, right? So that that can really set up a ton of messaging that we're taking in often around like not enough, either not being enough, not having enough. I need this other thing in my life to feel complete. And we can chase that to a certain point and then 
get to a point where we realize if we continue to chase that, it continues to be an empty, <laughs> an empty uh, avenue, an empty cycle, right? We don't really ever get to that if we're looking for fulfillment in all of these externals. Mm-hmm. So I will say that, like, I want to just give everybody permission who might listen to this to know that we're very conditioned in, in the scarcity mindset. So it's like, okay, there's that. So where is that coming up for me most in my life? And I would say one place you can look for that from like a being aware of your thoughts versus like what's actually true in your life is look, looking at where you might be having obsessive thoughts. Maybe like the first thing when you wake up in the morning that comes in and creates some anxiety. <laughs> Where's that place? And is it really true? The like belief that's associated with that thought, which might be I don't have enough or I need this thing or I'm afraid of what might happen if this thing doesn't happen or come in or I don't get this job or I don't have that money. Okay, that hits. I see that. That's a scarcity. That's like a limiting belief, right? I believe I don't have enough. And then where can I shift that? Can I, for me, it's prayer and meditation. And I don't use the word prayer in a religious sense, but in a conversation with source, universe, like my higher self, something other than me (laughs) out there energetically. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, hey universe, I see I'm doing this. I'm gonna pray for this to be relieved or removed. Or like, hey, I'm just asking for help. Talking to somebody who I could have a conversation about this with. And that can be as tactical as like strategizing ways to move forward. Like aligned action taking is a way to alleviate for a very like doer based world that we also are conditioned in. (laughs) I do find aligned action taking can relieve some of this. But again, the aligned part is the important word, right? So rather than like grasping down the path that almost continues to create more anxiety, maybe you talk to somebody and they're like, Sounds like you maybe need to take a break from that for today or for the next week. Maybe there's another direction you can pursue. Oh, interesting, right? Like where can we expand our creativity around whatever it is that might be creating that sense of scarcity or lack, belief, fear? And then I mentioned something like a gratitude list, like waking up every morning and it's been so used and it's like I think it can be sort of seen as a cliche self-help um, process or activity but it is so powerful yeah even five things and if you are in the depths of despair and frustration and anxiety and fear and scarcity and you literally write down like i'm grateful for the air that we breathe for the water that runs out of my tap for you know maybe a family member or a partner or somebody who you know is with you and supports you an animal or a pet and like the roof over your head or like very simple things you start to see like oh in this moment I'm okay and that the mind when we're in a scarcity mindset all the time really goes to like I'm not okay that's the major lack belief like I'm not okay or I'm in a lot of fear like what if I die I will say that and I've said this before on on the show with you like money and not having enough money which is a scarcity mindset is like right there connected to death yeah the amygdala fires there's a real like primal response right our adrenal system gets going and that can kind of wear us out and make us tired and so where can I take these little moments so whether it's at the beginning of your day or at the end of your day to take a little inventory of 
like no matter how much we have, and I'm doing air quotes, or how little we have, again, in air quotes, because all of it is so subjective and relative to what each one of us feels we like actually need in this world um, and varying degrees. And I will just, you know, openly say clearly I am a white woman. I've experienced that privilege. I have supportive family. And even with all of those things, though, I can feel the sense of scarcity and lack of belief and use a tool like writing down some of the things that are really good, abundant and flowing right now to pull me out of that space and then move into more aligned action taking. Um, so that's, that's like sort of the way to walk through it. You do have to become mindful of your thoughts. Like what am I thinking? Yep. <laughs> it is in creating this belief that then creates the emotion usually associated with it that's anxiety, fear, et cetera. And then what actions can I take? Sometimes physical activity, exercise, and endorphin release, like shifting the adrenal system and like the fear-based hormones to like more open, you know, positive, happy hormones that can help a lot. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention too was there's, you know, been lots of studies on happiness and there's a program at Yale and I've read some articles on it and I've had some clients actually go through that program. And the real like overarching takeaway from all of this that they've done, and I'm sure you know about it, right, is this idea of savoring and, and, in the littlest moments of our day, and I, I've been savoring is linked directly to gratitude. Gratitude, appreciation, noticing, being present, et cetera, right? So I think savoring is such a great word because it encompasses and encapsulates all of that. So if I sit for a minute and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna savor this moment, I'm going to honor just being present right now, and right now, I'm actually okay. And then the gratitude list or something like that where you just write about the abundance in your life. Wow, this is actually abundant. It's raining right now. Like here, that's super abundant. Things are growing around me. That's incredibly abundant. I have the support of friends and family. That's really abundant. I've got new opportunities coming in. Wow, that's abundant. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm... And then I do, I do really experience this relationship then to money and financial abundance where when you've got that open space, you're in more of a receiving mode for the financial circulation piece. I love it. And I, I was, was not aware of, of the savoring, um, mm. the, the idea, but it makes perfect sense. And I think when I think about savoring, a lot of the time we think about taking a really nice bite of food or something like that and really savoring it, but why not apply that to every aspect of life? Um, I think that that's awesome. So recognizing when we are having those thoughts, which will then trigger the emotion, and if we're not cognizant of the loops that we're just constantly running in, then we're never going to break out of that loop and experience. Well, that's right. And we can really come to believe that our thoughts are the truth. And that's the tricky part, right? Because our thoughts and our emotions feel very real. And they're great, like, information gathering tools and to be honored, right? It's not like, oh, my thoughts are bad and I shouldn't, you know, acknowledge them. Oh, no. Thoughts are full of interesting information attached to emotion becoming more aware of them then allows me to gather the information I need to um, 
be able to like dance with them, work with them, acknowledge them, see them, but maybe not believe them mm-hmm. <laughs> so much, right? So it's like this like constant dance and like working tools that we're playing with to live a more abundant life, to see the opportunity in things rather than seeing everything as, again, scarcity, lack, belief, fear. Oh, okay, I can kind of see what happened what's happening for me. I mean, and there's whole other tracks of this in terms of just like the mindfulness movement and mindfulness-based stress reduction, right? But all of it is really about awareness. Like, oh, I am more aware of like the inner workings of my being and the different parts of myself. And that could be a whole nother conversation. I'm sort of diving into this whole space of really understanding the different voices we have inside of us um, and the stories that they tell us, which oftentimes are not true, but are there and maybe have worked for periods of our lives to keep us safe. So it's interesting you raise, you know, experiences from being a child and that's where a lot of this is formed, right? And we might play that out in certain patterns in our life if we're not aware um, of those voices, excuse me, and those patterns. So it's, it's a journey. It's a journey to understanding more of what's happening in our inner dialogue related to like, where am I believing I'm lacking a bunch of stuff versus where am I believing in abundance, possibility, openness, etc. I love it. Do not believe everything that you think. Our thoughts are not necessarily <laughs> the truth. It, it, it's so fascinating because, because our thoughts do become us, right? Or we become, we're, we're, we're a product of our thoughts. So if we're constantly thinking negative stuff, well, we're going to be in that scarcity and that lack mentality. And so in some way, they, they, they become your truth, even though that's not the desired outcome. So being mindful of them and then making these shifts using the tools of, of gratitude, of being mindful, of savoring uh, different experiences, that's, that's, that's how you break free. Yeah, and there's multiple books out there. There's a book by, I think it's Jonathan Price, The Abundance Book, that I've used a few times um, in my life. Yeah, three, like three or four times. And it's just this like cycle of like meditations or like little mantras about, and it's very much on like the spiritual end of the spectrum um, for people who would be interested in that where you're saying this like little phrase that's like a prayer or a meditation that you can kind of just ponder for 15 minutes and write a little bit about it that points you back to that. Like, oh, wait, I am abundant. We, each of us, I mean, that's the truth of this, is that each and every one of us, just the fact that we were born, right? The statistical possibility of even born, being born is huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, and so that that even happened and then I'm here and I have the ability to create and I have the ability to show up in the world and do whatever it is, you know, that doesn't need to be some like crazy, you know, um, stress inducing endeavor, but just right. that I'm here to show, right. Cause when we think of like, Oh, I'm a conscious creator and I'm here, I think people can go a little like, okay, I just want to like show up and take care of my family or myself or whatever and like live my life. But that is. We can do that from a place of abundance and service to the world rather than I'm here living this life and I'm afraid of a lot of it. And that is then shutting down the flow potentially of the aligned bits of service that I do want to explore and living a fulfilled life. Like that word I use, I really don't use the word success anymore because success means so many different things to so many people and 
to me, it, it, it pings a little like material success, meaning I think, again, because of all of the conditioning society that we've been talking about. And so the word fulfillment, like that I feel in my body. Mm-hmm. And that also is about like a total value of life, which is something I also work on with my clients when we're talking about designing a radically loved life. Okay, so then in doing that, where does it create this total sense of value and fulfillment? Because that might mean actually making, again, air quotes, making less money. Oh, if I'm not chasing that, but instead I'm doing something that's way more fulfilling and that gives me more time and space for the other dynamics in my life, whether it's children or other family members or caretaking of someone, Oh, the whole, the, the chess pieces on the chessboard align beautifully now. And that to me is like total value, total abundance, but it might not on paper look like what we've been conditioned to believe more abundance looks like if we're only looking at the financial piece. I love it. Yeah. What is it that, 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 that means success to you? And it's Mm -hmm. so much of it's linked to money, but that's absolutely flawed and the idea that if you keep what you talked about if you keep driving towards that thing just keep driving towards money because you don't have enough about keep driving keep driving versus focusing your energies on the things that actually fulfill you you might just find that more money will find its way into your life absolutely i've experienced this personally i've witnessed hundreds of clients now at this point make certain shifts and are pleasantly surprised it always feels like a little bit of like a surprise or some sort of like magic to the human (laughs) the human being with the mind who has all these limiting beliefs when it's like oh I actually reduced this thing I was doing I left the full-time job I'm not making as big of the salary but I'm doing this other thing that's more fulfilling to me and then enough (laughs) enough is coming in enough is flowing enough is showing up and that you know and sometimes more than enough, but that it's not from that graspy, consuming place of fear and lack of belief and scarcity. It's, oh, I'm going to like, then there's a whole bunch of other things that come sure. into play with this, like <laughs> faith and flow and like, oh, I'm just going to trust, right? And just be in this. And I'm experiencing this a little personally right now, which is so interesting, like four years in business, this has been my, and it's so even funny to call it that for me, but in this service and in flow with people and I've had my best year ever and it's been great, but August is August. It's just a little bit quieter usually for people. And now September's ramping up again and my mind can get busy with this stuff. So it's a perfect moment to talk about it. I was sort of chuckling to myself, right? In terms of like what we create, like, oh, I'm going to spend, you know, some half of an hour of my day talking about abundance at the start. And like, thank you. Like, thank you universe. Because, oh, right. Look at all of this around me that's so abundant. And to your other point about like things that have happened to us in childhood or where sort of some of these beliefs are rooted, I would say for most of us, even if we've experienced very difficult periods of hardship in our lives, which I've definitely gone through a few of them, where there is that fear of like, am I going to make it through this? And like, what's going to happen? Most of us have gotten through them over and over and over again. And the mind forgets that. The mind wants to recall out of the subconscious the difficult periods, like to try to keep us safe from them so that we like we don't maybe encounter them again. <laughs> but what the truth is of that situation is I went through a difficult period and I actually got through it. 
And so, okay, if one is appearing, no matter how big or small or whatever, I've been through this. And right. so I can say that very directly about create radical love and little ebbs and flows in certain times of the year. I've totally been through this. And guess what? I've been fine for four years. Oh, right. Whew. And then the minute you're hanging on to that, you're again in abundance, possibility, openness. Love it. Well, Benita, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Yep, the best place is my website, which is createradicallove.com. And there is a contact page there. Um, people can just reach out to me directly. And I love to chat about anything related to this, to designing a really loved and flowing and abundant life. Um, and I'm also on social media, um, though not as often. <laughs> it's been nice. Smart. I'm taking breaks. <laughs> um, but I'm, I check my messages there um, often as well on Instagram, uh, Benita underscore comedy, and Facebook, Benita comedy. Perfect. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Benita your appreciation and share today's show with a friend that also appreciates good ideas, go to createradicallove.com and use the contact form to get in touch. I'll list those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Benita. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. <laughs>